because everybody is that gets into it. You know, they want to, they want to be faster than the other guy. And it's like a total primal thing. You know, when you get on the track and there's another car next to you, it's like your guttural like instinct that you didn't even know you have kicks in. It's yeah. just such a human thing. So it, I, I think you're right. The, um, we're really trying to develop that community piece because it's a big, it's a big deal. Welcome to the Invest Local podcast, where we uncover the brilliance of local businesses that are slugging it out, serving their customers and giving back to their own communities. Check us out at vicinitycapital.com and give us a follow on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are not making any investment recommendations, nor are we providing any sort of investment advice. Now on with the show. All right. Welcome to the Invest Local Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Malcolm McDonald, stepping in for Derek Whaley today. And joining me is Andrew Raines, professional driving coach and partner at Apex Pro. Apex Pro is a real-time machine learning and artificial intelligence track coach for race car drivers. Uh, Apex manufactures and assembles their product right here in Birmingham, Alabama. Andrew and the team uh, also recently won first place on $100,000 at the EDPA's Alabama Launchpad Startup Competition. So lots of exciting stuff happening right here in, in my personal backyard. Super excited to have you on, Andrew. I appreciate you being on the, on the show. Yeah, Malcolm, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. It's cool to connect with other folks you know, that are doing similar stuff locally. So excited. Yeah, absolutely. So if you would tell us a little bit about uh, your background and, and where the idea of, of Apex uh, came from in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit on me. I, I um, always wanted to be in the motorsports world ever since I was, was pretty young, was in high school and actually had a home ec class with a guy that was racing his Honda Civic in a parking lot event called autocross, which is like throwing a bunch of cones up in a parking lot and going and competing. <laughs> and uh, I talked him into uh, to letting me join him. And um, pretty much from then on, I was hooked. You know, I, I did really well and it was real intuitive and made a lot of sense. And I loved uh, everything about it. So um, I got, got really excited about that and, and just kind of jumped in with both feet. And the next thing you know, I'm at Auburn University doing the Formula SAE program, which is a collegiate design competition for race cars. You design and build a race car and compete with it at the end of the year. And uh, I met Austin Gurley there, who is uh, now the uh, chief technical officer for Apex Pro and um, is a partner for Def Dynamics, who is the, uh, the startup uh, kind of incubator that we work under and, and operate out of. And um, Apex was really Austin's idea from the beginning about um, kind of taking a lot of things that have been conceptualized in this industry and uh, about using, you know, racing data to help drivers. But people don't really love sifting through, you know, mounds of data to find what they're doing. So he found some ways to use AI to apply it and do some unique things and do it a little differently. And I helped him kind of apply it to how race car drivers can actually benefit from it. And fast forward from then, I started working for Porsche out here at Barber Motorsports Park, which is a, a huge local gym for the Birmingham area that brings people in from all over the world. And I got formally trained how to instruct and coach drivers. Um, you know, like any other sport, people need guidance and help. And there's a lot of expensive mistakes you can make when you get on the racetrack. Sure. And uh, so that was, that's the long and the short of it. I did some professional racing, um, was pretty competitive, learned a lot. And I've been coaching drivers. I'm actually heading, when, when we're done with this, I'm prepping to head to a racetrack to, to coach uh, as well. So now I get to use the Apex Pro product in, uh, in my coaching work, which is really a, a really cool thing. I'm really fortunate to be able to do it. So that's awesome. Uh, it's been so fun. You were, 
So were you um, essentially the first customer um, as well as, as basically product designer for, for Apex Pro? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, yeah, we, we honestly, you know, I had a, what we call a data system, you know, a device that's, you know, measuring what the car's doing and providing you an output that you can use to look at your driving objectively. I had a couple of those in the cars I was racing and they're like, I think the last one I bought was $3,000 and I really needed like a degree in the software to set it up, you know? And I'm like, most people don't want to deal with this. You know, this is for an engineer. I'm not an engineer. I just want to go faster. Right. Right. That's why most people get into it. Like, you know, people go (laughs) to the track because there's no speed limits. Yeah. Um, So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of, that was kind of my next question. If you could take us under the hood, excuse the pun here, but um, take us, take us inside the product and tell us what is it? How does it work? I mean, and, and what is the, what is the driver? um, How does the driver utilize it? Yeah. So fundamentally it's a, um, it's a small device that mounts on your dashboard with some adhesive. Uh, It's a circuit board, a printed circuit board with a battery that powers it. So it's standalone. Um, on that circuit board, there's a 10 Hertz GPS. So it actually has a GPS in the actual physical hardware. And then there's an inertial measurement unit or a nine axis IMU, which is an accelerometer. And um, it's measuring what your car is doing. So how fast are you accelerating? How fast are you braking? How hard are you braking? How hard are you cornering? Um, but what's unique about Apex Pro is it's also learning things like, is the track going uphill or downhill? Or um, is the turn that you're on banked like a NASCAR track? Or is it, are you turning to the left and the track's banked to the right, which would mean you have less grip? Um, things like that, that no one else is doing. And, um, and Austin and our technical team here developed an algorithm that used those sensors in the device to basically use the driver's performance to predict their potential. So if you go through one turn fast and another one slow, um, it kind of interpolates between the two, what the similarities and the differences are. And it says, Hey, you could probably be going faster in this other corner because of what you did over here, um, which no one else is really, is really doing. So we have a, we've patented that, that algorithm and that technology, and we've kind of carried that theme through everything that we do. So you use your iPhone to connect to the Apex Pro hardware and all the data that it records, all the information um, is saved to your phone. So most other systems are using a desktop software, kind of complicated cumbersome you got to take your laptop to the racetrack which when it's 100 degrees outside and it's it's just not practical right so we've (laughs) we've made it a little simpler for our users and um, it's also social because now you've got all this data on your phone and you can easily just upload it we have like a leaderboard so we know who the fastest drivers are at all of our tracks and we're actually retrieving that data back from our customers um, which is which is pretty valuable so it's um, yeah that's the product in a nutshell we've just we launch new features all the time so it's essentially a piece of hardware that tethers to an app with Bluetooth and uh, communicates data back and forth. So your interface is your phone. It's like the remote control. It's like the screen that lets you see into what the, what the actual hardware is learned. Cause there's a lot, a lot of what you would consider our, our competition is a phone app only with no external hardware, which um, you know, not many people really ever get the chance to even be on a racetrack. But if you think about it, the phone GPS is perfect for you. Like, you know, telling you if you need to turn at a stoplight or not, but it only captures your position one time, one time a second. So at 150 miles per hour, right, that's just not enough resolution. Um, and so our, our GPS does it, you know, captures your position 10 times a second, which is obviously infinitely better for quality data. So that's why you wow. need the external hardware component. 
No, that totally makes sense. That's really cool. So, so it started, Apex Pro started as a, as a hardware component, correct? And then y'all mm -hmm. developed the software to, to go in, in concert with it. Um, you mentioned the social side, the community aspect. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, what that how that works and how the, the drivers uh, interact with the, with the products via the, the online or social piece? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're done um, on, the, on track for a session, you just go into your data and you swipe over a certain area and you can basically upload it to our server to see where you compete against other drivers. So if there's, you know, our local racetrack here is Barber Motorsports Park, but there's almost 140 of these road courses just like it all around North America. And there's over a thousand around the world. Um, so there's people every single weekend and during the week too that are at these tracks and they get done recording their Apex Pro data and they're like, oh, hey, that was pretty fast. They submit it to our server and if they're within the top 10 fastest laps submitted, then it just populates in the app. It gives them an award. It says, hey, congratulations, new fastest lap time. You know, you're the lap time holder. And then it populates on our website and shows um, who the fastest guys are. So that's, um, that's something that people really, really like about it. And we're starting to do more with that. You know, we're starting to offer incentives for drivers that can get onto the leaderboard. Um, we're starting to eventually what we want to do is kind of be able to transact the data that those really fast drivers are creating for drivers that want to be that fast wow, be able to reach yeah. out and like purchase that data from them. So there's some cool stuff that's going on there, you know, long-term that I think will be really beneficial to our user base. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the, I love the progression that you start with a, a really um, not simple, even, even the, the core piece is not simple, very complex and, and very, um, uh, very detailed, but then you've you've progressed it into to software so you can visualize the data and then taking that data and then opening up the community. I love that progression. What what would you say um, in building that community out? What did you what would you say has been some of the things you've done uh, right to accelerate that kind of community engagement and community growth? And and what are what are things that you know maybe you tried and, and didn't work out so well in trying to build that community? Yeah, good question. Um, Man, that's a good thing to think about. <laughs> um, something that we've done well from the beginning is uh, stay really involved with the community by um, being active and present. And and honestly, like I, I try to get to the track to just participate and drive as much as possible. Um, and that allows our users to see us as one of them. And that means we get more unfiltered feedback. Um, so our users are not afraid to reach out and say, hey, you should try this or um, I really don't like this feature. Is it possible to change it? And we have a communication with them. We have a, a group on Facebook and we actually almost send them like feedback protocols. Like, Hey guys, it's, it's helpful when you tell us these types of things, you know, we can do something about that. Um, Cause a lot of times you hear customers talk about, or you hear companies and I've listened to podcasts where you hear founders talk about, yeah, we listen to our customers. And I've found that if you listen to every single customer, you can be less led astray. You know, you can't just do what one person wants. You have to kind of find like the common denominator and move towards that and understand that some people aren't going to like it. So we've been able to kind of say, um, Hey, if you're using the product, give us this kind of feedback and we're specific with it. Like we'll release a specific feature and be like, do you guys like this? Yes or no. You know, and be really specific with that feedback. I think that's been a, something we've really learned how to do recently. Um, and then as far as like mistakes that we've made, um, there's definitely a lot of them. It's honestly not being prepared for the, how much people would like the social component. 
I think was a mistake. We didn't anticipate that. And so we didn't really have any systems built out for it. And we're still trying to catch up with that. Um, so like every now and then someone will submit a lap and we'll have a database issue where it'll show the wrong lap or show, a, you know, the wrong, you know, the lap time that's like a two second lap instead of like a <laughs> minute and a half. Right. That's definitely been, um, been a challenge uh, and something that we didn't foresee. And if I had the chance to do it again, we would have a more strategic plan to roll that out. We just really had no plan for it. It was like, Hey, we can do this, right? Their phone is connected to cellular. We can get all that data back. Um, that's, that's probably the big one. Um, I love the, uh, yeah, the whole community piece, man, that is really exciting. I think if y'all can, sounds like if y'all can really tap into the people's desire to interact with each other and share. And um, it's, I mean, it's such a, like you said, it's an addictive kind of sport. And I can imagine along with that, it comes a, a high level of competition too, where people want to beat out mm -hmm. each other. And, oh yeah. Um, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of places to win there. So yeah, absolutely I'm really excited for y'all. Yeah. The competitive aspect is it's especially with, you know, track events that are inherently non-competitive, right? That's like how they ensure it is because they're not timing you. Um, <laughs> right. To allow people to be competitive on the sideline, that really, because uh, everybody is that gets into it, you know, they want to they want to be faster than the other guy. And it's like a total primal thing. You know, when you get on the track and there's another car next to you, it's like your guttural like instinct that you didn't even know you have kicks in. It's yeah. just such a human thing. So it, I, I think you're right. The, um, we're really trying to develop that community piece because it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, if we could back up a little bit, kind of on the on the customer acquisition side, you know, you mentioned having, um, you know, having this, uh, having a Facebook group, having a social component. I know I've seen you, you do a YouTube channel. Y'all got a newsletter. Um, and I see you pushing out a lot of content. Y'all got a huge Instagram following. Um, where where have you uh, seen the biggest um, channels for for customer acquisition? Um, and, and what, what's really worked in terms of kind of getting in front of, of new customers the best for y'all? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, our market specifically, when you look at um, the racetrack, uh, and it's foreign to a lot of people because it's not a, um, it's a niche. It's a niche within a niche, right? It's, it's what we call the track day market or the casual enthusiast. And the yeah. barrier to entering that market has gotten lower. It's every year it gets lower. You know, if you have a sports car, you can Google open track day and you can pay a couple hundred bucks and go take your car to a racetrack and they'll give you a student. You can rent a helmet. The system's there. It's anybody can do it almost. It's not a, yeah. so the, that market has just exploded over the past 10 years. So the genesis of all sales for us are physically at the track. Um, it's people talking about what they're using to capture their lap times and their data at the track. So we've tried to respect the word of mouth and every, everything we do socially with social media or with our newsletter is meant to build off of that. Um, so we did a lot of traveling to start out with, like go to your customers, get in front of people physically. And that really was the only reason I think we got any market traction because it's not a, it's a very, um, it's an industry where you really have to have competency to go in and say, you should do something differently. And um, so we, we built everything off of my credibility coming from the professional racing world and off of this new technology that we had to really justify to people why it was useful. And so we actually did free demos. We still do you can try the product for free at many track events around the country. And so we got in and got the product in front of people and that just turned into sales track side. And then our goal now is, is scaling that. So now we have people at tracks around the country that represent our brand 
And that's usually the genesis of sales um, is, is that word of mouth. So looking at our email and like you mentioned on social media, highlighting what our customers are doing and, and putting the lens on them and saying, Hey, this guy drives a really fast Corvette. He's really quick at this track. You know, he's one of our customers and, and kind of glorifying the customer um, I think has done a lot for us because it shows people that we really care about who's using our product and we want to make them better. And um, that's, that's yeah. probably the, the best answer for that. Yeah. No, no, that's great. And that's, I mean, you mentioned something that, that I love, which is making the customer the hero. Anytime you can highlight how the customer is, is winning and, and achieving their goals by using your product. Um, that's a, that's an awesome story to tell and, and being able to do that in person um, seems like it would be a huge, huge benefit. Um, speaking of in-person, how have y'all had to adjust your kind of business model, your, your customer relations with, uh, with all the shutdowns and with, with the stuff happening with COVID? How have y'all kind of had to tweak or pivot to use a, a buzzword? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's really probably similar to what most other industries have been doing. Um, you know, the, the tracks like any other event were shut down in the middle of COVID, but, um, Luckily, our industry's, you know, the track obviously is outside, right? It's, you're talking about 100 people on 1,000 acres of space, right? So it's, <laughs> it was pretty easy for them to get, get things going again. But we did, we did definitely uh, have to get creative. And so we've always done some webinars, like some online learning. Uh, and so we started pivoting to doing paid webinars where we went into depth on different topics. We did free webinars focused on the product itself. And um, really the, the income from the webinars and the uh, just the training of our customers and the value that we offer there, I think really, actually we learned that we need to be doing that anyway. We should, we should incorporate that into our product mix because it's so much more affordable to reach people that way. And um, what we've learned is we've got to, um, you know, as we grow and the brand's more popular, we don't have to quite be as aggressive with our travel, um, but we need to take advantage of those, of those events where we do travel as much as possible and turn those people into folks that follow us and join our webinars and watch our Facebook and YouTube live events and really engage with the brand. And that's what we have going differently than anyone else is we sell you the product and then we teach you how to use it. Yeah. And that's really our business, our business model. No, that's huge. Yeah. So, so with that kind of, um, you know, in person or, or, or high touch mentality with the customers, would you say that, uh, that being located here specifically in Birmingham has that, has that helped you, hurt you, or kind of had a neutral effect on your ability to grow? Um, and then kind of out of that, would you, would you have any other advice for, for startups or small businesses launching here in, uh, in Birmingham? Birmingham was kind of a natural fit because all the founders of the company are from Birmingham. Um, the founders of Deft, which is where we, op we operate out of, we're all from here. Um, so we kind of wanted to be here. We kind of leaned towards it anyway, but really it's been a strategic thing for Apex Pro because Barbara Motorsports Park, again, I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's uh, it's a destination racetrack in the U.S. Like there's people that come, every event I go to out there, there's someone from Washington State or New York State or out of the country that are coming in to, to go to this racetrack because it's a world-class facility that has an incredible reputation. So that's really allowed us to go you know, very inexpensively go set up and sell stuff trackside and, and get in front of customers. And then those folks go back to their local track community on the West coast or in Canada, or, I mean, all over. And that's, awesome. that's allowed the product to spread. Yeah. So it's, it's been yeah. good for us. Um, and the, the city itself is, is such a um, conducive city from, you know, a business standpoint because it's affordable. 
um, there's, there's, you know, good talent to pull from the universities that are around here. And we've been able to take advantage of some of that, um, but mostly keeping operating costs down compared to, you know, other startups that are in big cities that are trying to be right at the genesis of all that stuff that they're just spending so much money on rent and that sort of thing. So it's, it's been a great, a great thing for us. And then you mentioned Alabama Launchpad, you know, we got a six figure funding check from Alabama Launchpad from, for being a, you know, an Alabama startup. So very cool. So you, you kind of touched on a little bit of the future of, of Apex and where y'all headed. What do y'all kind of leverage in that, that funding to do now? And, and where do you see Apex kind of in the next, you know, um, one, two, three years? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, motorsports and the, especially the, the market segment that we're in, um, again, it's a, it's a niche uh, segment. So we've, I think we've had the right focus in that instead of trying to address a massive market right off the bat, we've really focused on a very specific market. So long-term, our goal is to take our competencies and kind of go horizontally within the other motorsport verticals to, to get more, you know, market share, to be able to, to sell more hardware to more people. And uh, we now have an app subscription within our app that's really been exploding. So we've been developing and releasing new features for that. Um, and that's definitely a big part of our long-term plan just because of the, you know, the, the strength of the recurring revenue, um, essentially. So without the funding from Launchpad, we wouldn't have been able to, Really, we were still getting market traction at that point, but we've now actually raised a, raised a seed round of funding um, from a strategic investor that's um, someone I've personally uh, been a driver coach for in the industry, and um, he's actually exited and successfully sold a software company, so he's been really good at advising us and helping kind of steer the ship in the right direction, so it's, it's um, you know, all over the place, man. There's, there's a lot of opportunity within this industry. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity within industries that are, that are parallel to it, that are very similar. And that's, that's where we want to be. We want to be the motorsports data company from the time you decide that you want to, you know, uh, take your car to the racetrack and start kind of uh, consuming the drug, if you will, of tracking your car all the way to, Hey, I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm, I'm traveling all over the world to do it. And I'm a, I'm a hardcore racer. So that's, that's kind of our long-term goal. So I'm curious if the product tells your users uh, kind of what their current limits are and, and it basically encourages, encourages them to, to push those limits. Have you run into any issues with drivers either having accidents or pushing their vehicles outside of the boundaries or, or pushing them further than they, they should be? Um, you know, yes and no. We, we've never had anybody claim that we caused their, their crash. Um, because there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things you have to click through in the app that say, you're responsible for your vehicle. Um, and also it's a peripheral indication. You know, when, when you get on the racetrack and you're focused on where you're going, your focused vision is looking, you know, where you want the car to go and your hands and your feet follow your eyes. So the, the dash lights on the apex pro are meant to be a peripheral reminder. So it's like a heads up display where you're not really looking at it while you're going around the track. You're more trying to notice something in a certain, in a specific place. So our message has been, Hey guys, you want to, focus on a certain area of the track where you're going to see these lights and it's going to encourage you to do something different. Um, and so we've really tried to get out ahead with that message and we carry a big insurance policy just in case, but um, what our insurance companies and, and advisors have told us is that unless the little box jumps off the dash and hits the driver in the face and makes them make a mistake, they're going to have a hard time actually making that claim that we, we caused the incident because it's, it's a suggestion. So um, yeah, really, really good question, but no, we haven't had that, that issue 
uh, to this point. No, that's good to hear. Um, and and I, the reason I ask, so I'm a, I'm a very unprofessional driver, but uh, owned a, a somewhat fast car, uh, a Mustang GT, um, when I was in college, and um, would have loved something that would have told me to push the limits even further, but uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't have made <laughs> yeah. the best choices with that. So probably a good thing Apex Pro wasn't around back then, but um, no, that's really cool. <laughs> it's great to, to hear y'all thinking through, um, you know, some of the some of the, the, the pitfalls or risks and, and you know, um, creating a product that is helpful without being distracting in such a high intensity environment is, is uh, quite an achievement. So kudos to y'all for that. Um, really cool. Um, well, lastly, um, how can folks get involved in, in what y'all are doing or, or, or find y'all online? We'd love to point y'all, uh, point, point our audience in, in your direction. Yeah, absolutely. Our website is apextrackcoach.com. Uh, and that's where you'll find every, all the information about our products. But honestly, the best way to, to follow us is Apex Pro on Facebook, official Apex Pro on Instagram. Uh, we have a pretty strong YouTube presence as well. If you just look up um, Apex Pro Driving Coach or something Apex Pro race car related will pop up. Um, but what I would really encourage people to do, especially if you're listening to this and you've always wanted to either learn how to drive a car that you already own, or you, you want to get involved in the motorsports hobby. It's a super appealing hobby for a lot of people because it's, it's great for people who are mechanically inclined and have a brain that thinks that way and want to get more involved with working on something themselves, like a car, like a project car, but also people that enjoy, you know, if you're an adrenaline junkie, you'll love it. But it's also funny because people that are really calculated, not risk takers as well, also a lot of times really get involved with the sport because they realize that it's, it's a really precise thing. You have to be really perfect at it. Right. And there's a lot of elements. It's always changing. It's lots of physics. Um, you know, you have to be in shape physically to do it. Well, people a lot of times don't believe that, but you really do, especially if you're driving something fast. Um, you know, a lot of times I've worked with drivers that have been out of shape coaching them and it's, it's an uphill battle, right? You, you can't really compete against that. So there's, there's just a, infinite number of reasons why it's appealing to people. So if you've ever had an inkling of a thought about looking into it, I would strongly recommend just Googling track days that are local to you. Look up open track day, track day, high performance driving, high performance driving education, and get involved with a local club or program that's doing it and go to go to one of their track days and just watch and see what it's like. Because the barrier to getting on the racetrack is super low. You can insure your car and at, you know, no matter what happens when you're on the track, you're covered you'll get a check for the value of the car. Um, there's just not a lot of reasons to not do it if you want to. So I would, that helps us by getting more people in the market and introducing it to, to new people. Um, yeah, just spend some time researching how can I get on the racetrack. That's awesome. Well, you sold me. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go get involved uh, with my local <laughs> track day right now. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew, and, and best of luck with, with Apex Pro. Awesome. Thanks, Malcolm. Same to you. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Invest Local Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review and feel free to follow us on any of our social media platforms. And don't forget to tune in next week for more local stories.